We hope you enjoy this podcast from Light Church Edithburg. To find out more about us, visit lightchurch.co. Well, we've been in the book of Matthew over the last few weeks and still reading through there. I encourage you to grab a bookmark. We're on the start on the second side of the bookmark, so if you missed it up till now, you can start a new up right at the top of the page, um, reading about up to about chapter 10, I think, in the actual bookmark. But um, today I'm going to speak from Matthew chapter 6. And um, in, the, in the Gospels we read that Jesus often separated himself to pray. He got up in the early in the morning or took off out in the mountains or out in the wilderness to pray before, to get sort of um, just with him and the Father to get rid of all the other voices. And um, he had a habit of prayer. You know, we can have good habits and bad habits. Who's got some, some of each? <laughs> okay. And um, in the Bible, there's all sorts of different types of prayer des- described. There's something called intercession. That's where, you know, if we've got a person here who... And God is here, we stand in the gap between the two. That's what it means to intercede, where we stand in the gap and bring that person to God and, and ask God to move with that person. That's called intercession. There's, there's a declaration sort of a prayer, where like, like Jesus, when he stood in front of the tomb and said, Lazarus, come forth. He sort of wasn't asking God, he was saying something. And, um, or where we speak out the promises of God. And then there's a, a Jewish sort of a prayer. And it's a bit like looking in the mirror. They call it it's like a re- reflection. And the idea is that you look at Jesus and you look at yourself and you see how you line up. And you ask God to help you make some adjustments. So it's a sort of a reflection type of prayer. And then there's a prayer of repentance where we actually hear God's voice and we just change what we're doing. And it's healthy. There's worship when uh, you can imagine that we're on our knees before God. Um, praise is like declaration and communion where we walk together. And I like to think of all the different types of prayer of different stances. Sometimes we're kneeling before God. For the first time ever, my, this winter, my knees. <laughs> it's not even my football knee, it's my other knee must be a sign of the last times or something, I don't know. Um, and the, the different sorts of prayer, are, I see them as different postures before God. And um, much of what we call prayer is just our reaction to circumstances. Help! Um, our needs our, for provision or intervention, and rightly so, because God actually invites us to pray for our needs. But the type, that type of prayer should be a secondary prayer or in, in addition to just a daily communion with the God, just talking to God, not, not the shopping list prayer, but the prayer where you just want to get to know God, uh, walk with God, speak to God with no agenda, and that sort of prayer digs really deep wells in our life. So when the trials come, we've got something to draw from, some strength. Um, fills up your reservoir. How's your reservoir going? Is it full? 
We're going to read from Matthew chapter 6. Um, we're going to go to, we're going to miss the first scripture, Jeremy, and go straight to the second one. Um, Matthew chapter 6, verse 1. What version is that one, right? Is that NIV? Okay. I'll read from there then. Be, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others so you'll be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. Let's read on. So when you give to the needy, don't announce it with trumpets. People like to do that on Instagram, don't they? Give something to the poor and make sure everyone's filming so they can see what a good job they're doing. That's what it's talking about. As the hypocrites in the synagogues and the streets to be honoured by others, I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. That doesn't mean you put one in your pocket. It, it, it means just, just between you and God. So that your giving may be in secret. Then your father who sees in what is done in secret will re reward you. Let's keep going. And when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. They love to pray standing in synagogues and on street corners to be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received the reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, don't keep babbling on. Don't have to say it 500 times. Hey, I've done that at times. Have you done that at times? Keep babbling on. Like pagans, oh, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. I mean, the Bible says to ask and keep asking and seek and keep seeking. That's to come to him offered. But it's not talking about how many times you're not going to get a reward for how many times you pray. Do not be like them, for the, your father knows what you need before you ask him. Well, why come to him if he knows what we need? Because he's actually interested in you as a person. That's why. Then this is how you should pray. Okay. So this is what we've got now. It's called the Lord's Prayer. So why don't we say it together? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Okay, so that's sort of the prayer. And then it's got this little, little P.S., Little subclause, fine print. Here's the fine print. And if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. Have I got verse 15? Okay. Verse 15 says this. I forgot to put it up there. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive you. Wow. That's a good little sub-clause there. All right, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word, your gospel, and uh, we thank you for this prayer. And I pray as we look at it, 
and unpack it a little bit today that you might speak to us all and draw us closer to you. Amen. So there's a similar sort of version in, in the book of Luke, Luke chapter 11. And it's become known as the Lord's Prayer. It's not really the Lord's Prayer. It's the prayer he taught us to pray. We call it the Lord's Prayer because he sort of was the author. It's our prayer. And we add a little, little thing on the bottom. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. We add that on. That's not in there, but it's not a bad way to end things, is it? So it's sort of praising God at the end. Um, the Apostle Paul writes in Thessalonians to pray without ceasing. Has anyone ever tried to pray without ceasing? Yeah, how long did you last? Um, and, and uh, you know, we can, well, I don't measure up, I won't even try and pray at all. When Paul says to pray without ceasing, it's actually an invitation, not an obligation. It's an invitation that you can come to God at any time. You can walk with God. It's not an obligation to, I have to pray, I have to pray. It's, a, it's a, big, a big difference in the way you look at it. It's talking about abiding with God, walking with God, speaking to him every day, making God the atmosphere of your life, a, a lifestyle, a habit, a, a, habit, a, a custom. So I, I think it's good to do that, and it's good to have a time and a, pray, a place when we pray. Some people, those who I see are really strong in their walk with God, they seem to have a time and a place when they pray. It might be in the morning, around the, just after they have breakfast, when they go for a walk. It might be something like that. And it's a habit that Jesus seemed to have. And the disciples observed this habit and uh, they saw how important it was to Jesus and how it really coloured his life. And in the book of Luke, they, they actually, it records that they asked him, teach us how to pray. By the way, this was after they'd been out ministering and doing all things for God. They worked out, hang on, we need to know how to pray. So the book of Luke tells us that. And this was Jesus' instruction. Now we can reduce that to poetry. You know, who knows that off by heart? You know, the Lord's Prayer. And we can sort of say it like it's just a saying, a poem, and we lose, it can lose its whole meaning and power when things just become like that. Um, no faith and no power. But I want us to look at it as a pattern or a guide on how to uh, pray. And some of you might have done this before, I'm sure. And uh, you can do this, this pattern while you're driving your car. Keep your eyes open when you pray. You don't have to close your eyes when you pray. Actually, in the Bible, it says they look towards heaven when they pray. And... Uh, it's not a bad idea to close your eyes when you're, when you're not driving because you can shut out the other things of your world. And we can use it to prompt our prayers. So we don't just pray for 30 seconds and give up thinking, well, I don't know what to say now. It helps us guide our prayer. So let's look at this. Um, can we look at uh, that sort of first line, Jeremy, of that prayer? I can't remember what verse it was. Our Father who art or who is in heaven, hallowed or holy is your name. The first sort of four phrases of this prayer isn't about us, it's about God. Our Father, holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. It's not me, it's your. It's all a, the focus is all about God. And um, 
It's really important because when we focus on God when we pray, how you see your world changes. When you just focus on you or your issues you're dealing with, they become huge. But when you start to focus on God and his goodness, all of a sudden those things shrink in comparison to what God is like. Our Father, well, that, that, that title is really important. Our Father title is really important. Up until Jesus' time, people seldomly referred to God as Father. I think you can find two or three references in the whole Bible. But they referred to God as Almighty or Creator or Healer or Provider or the Most High or the Most Powerful One. But you don't see too many people at all. I think in the psalm there might be, Psalms there might be one or two calling God Father. So this was a whole new way of approaching God for those people. And um, when Jesus prayed, it was all about relationship. Now, for some people, that's a sort of a difficult concept because, um, you know, your experience with a father might not be great. So it's important we don't superimpose our father and think God's like that. We might have good, bad or indifferent fathers, but he is a perfect heavenly father. He's not absent. He's not harsh. He's not indifferent. He's the perfect father. In fact, Jesus said, you know, uh, in Matthew chapter 7, if you simple, sinful people know how to give uh, good gifts to your children, how much more your heavenly father who is perfect? The, the, par the parable of the prodigal son, some of you, most of you probably know that. It's a really good picture of what the father is like. The son messed up, took his inheritance, went away, lost the family fortune, ended up in a horrible lifestyle. And he comes back to the father. The father's looking for him, sees him a, a long way off and runs and embraces him. The son's got this um, speech rehear uh, rehearsed about how, you know, I'm just going to be your slave, I'm going to do that. The father doesn't even let him talk about that. He embraces him, he puts a new robe on him, rings on his finger, which talked about restoring his place in the family, shoes on his feet. That's what our father is like. If you want to know the best picture of what our father is like, you look at that story and you look at Jesus himself because Jesus said the father is just like me. If you see me, you've seen the father. And, the, and this also gives us, Jesus gives us an indication on how the Father wants to speak to us. Because at Jesus' baptism, what did the voice from heaven say? This is my son. So they modelled the perfect relationship. Father-son, father-daughter. That's how God wants you to come to him. So I don't know how you come to God in prayer, if you, but I want you to come to him as a father, an invitation. There's security there, there's acceptance, there's belonging. And we know we're welcome. So maybe you start your prayer, our father, knowing that you're secure, knowing that you belong, knowing that there's acceptance and security and love. And then we say this, hallowed be your name. Not Harold be your name or Howard be your name. Hallowed, isn't that an interesting term, hallowed? It means holy, holy be your name or um, your name is holy. 
Holy means it's set apart. It's really special. It's perfect. It's beyond this sort of world. It's righteous. It's not holier than thou. Anyone met anyone who who's might be described as holier than thou? Puts himself up on the pedestal. It's not that. It's special and holy. It's there's something special about it. And uh, I don't know how you approach God. I know some people approach God as coming in like they're fearful or afraid. It's not talking. This is this is talking about having respect for God. So we've got two sides. We've got God as our Father who embraces us, but also this awesome, all-powerful, almighty God who we need to come, uh, respect and keep it special. So this is how we come when we pray. Great respect and great love. And you notice at the prayer, it says, Our Father. This... Every, every term in this prayer is us. It's not me. And when you get to the second part, it's forgive us. So it's a, a communal thing. So we can do it together. We can do this um, by yourself for sure. But it's, it's about us. It's not about me and I. How often do we come to God like a, like a naughty brat? I want my stuff. This prayer was never about just what I want for me it's about for everyone and and it includes everyone from the highest status to the lowest youngest the oldest the good the bad and we can pray this together or when we're alone so it's if we use this as a pattern we start by coming to God and knowing that we're accepted and secure and loved but also focusing on how awesome and how brilliant he is his attributes, like he's all-knowing and special and holy. And then it says, Our Father who art in heaven. Now, when you hear that term, heaven, what are you thinking of? Are you thinking of clouds, trumpets? Um, let me give you a different perspective on this. In the beginning, God created the... What's the word? Heavens. Why does it use plural there? Because heaven is a plural word. It's never meant to, it was never meant to be one space. And when they talked about heaven in the biblical times, they saw it as this. They, they saw the earth like it had a dome over it, and that was the heavens, and beyond the dome was the stars, and that was the heavens. And beyond that was God's realm, the heavens and the earth. So the earth was this stuff, and the heavens was this stuff. Okay? So when you think of heaven, don't just think of some Renaissance painting, all right? That's not described in the Bible. It's the whole God's realm. And it's the air I breathe, it's the stars, and it's beyond the stars wherever, whatever that might be. God's realm, okay? So when you think of, say, our Father who art in heaven, don't think of it like this. God, our Father who's a long way away. In fact, one translation says this, our Father who's closer than the air we breathe. So maybe think of it like that. He's not distance. Actually, he's all present. So yeah, he's big, he's up there, he's in that realm, wherever that realm is, but he's here. He's in this space. So when we're thinking about this God who's my Father, who's holy, 
who's right with me. So that's when we're praying, we want to be thinking like this. We praise you. You're close. Then it says, your kingdom come. What's the next? uh, We've got verse 10, Jezza. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Wow. Your kingdom come. Um, Jesus was always talking about the kingdom, wasn't he? If you look what he preached about, he preached about the kingdom, and that was his only subject. And he just looked, um, he, he told us what the kingdom was like. Every time he said a, a parable, it was to describe what the kingdom of God was like. He came to preach the good news of the kingdom, to demonstrate the kingdom. He invites us into his kingdom. And um, don't think the kingdom of heaven is that place where you die. Jesus didn't talk about it that way, although that's part of it. He talked about it when God shows up here. That's when his kingdom has come. For instance, um, not, not something far away. In fact, he said things like this. If I'm casting out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has arrived. The kingdom is, is a very similar word to the word dominion. So when God's rule and reign is happening, that's when God's kingdom has come. So that's when we pray, your kingdom come, we're praying that God's rule will be, it'll be like Jesus was on the scene. That's what we're praying. Your kingdom come. About bringing heaven or God's perfect rule to earth. How do we pray that? Well, how about you pray, think about it like this. You're praying and you come, you, you come our Father who art in heaven, you spend a bit of time just talking to God about those things and acknowledge his greatness, coming close to him, realising he's right with you. Your kingdom come. But think about the, the promises and the things he declared. Lord, you said you came to release the captives. My, my friend seems to be bound by addiction. I pray your kingdom will come in her life. How about that? Get, bring it right down to the big picture, to the small picture. We start to pray for his kingdom to come when things just aren't right. As, as Nathan was talking about this morning, that people will have that revelation of the saving grace of Jesus, his kingdom come. Have a look, we, we pray like that. Uh, and then it says this, give us this day our daily bread. Carbs. See, that, that was supposed to take the listeners' thoughts back to the wilderness. Because in the wilderness, they had something called manna, given to them every morning. This is, now they came out of Egypt, crossed the Red Sea, they're wandering around the wilderness, and God provided manna. You know what's really funny? You know what the, the term manna means? It means, what's that? That's actually what it means. It rolled up and they said, what's that stuff? And the, and the term for that was manna. They didn't know what it was, but it was God providing for them. But it came every morning, the manna, and they had to get it freshed every morning. Otherwise, it would go off, basically. And, and it's a bit of a picture saying, give us this day our daily bread. In other words, it's a bit of a hint that this prayer should be part of our everyday. Daily bread. 
and uh, daily needs. He knows what you need, even before you pray it, but he wants us to come. Jesus said, look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you more valuable than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Ask your Father for your needs. Give us this day our daily bread. And if you've got enough, give us this day. How about you pray for that person who hasn't got enough? Needs of others. You know you get ulcers when, or stressed out, when you use today's daily bread worrying about tomorrow's stuff. You know, receive what God, you know, tomorrow, tomorrow there's a new day. His mercies are new every morning. So at this point, you know, you could pray for your practical things. Give us this day. Your provision, finances, things you need in your life. Just use this line and start to give a, make a, a prompt for you to pray about those sorts of things, your needs and um, the needs of your family. And then it says this line, and forgive us our debts or forgive us our trespasses. What a great what a great word. Forgive us our sins. Sins just means I was aiming for that target and I missed it. That's what it means. It's missing the mark. It's uh, as we have forgiven our debtors, those who have sinned against us. Forgiveness seems to be really important in God's kingdom. In fact, when he taught them to pray, he put it right there in the middle just, just to highlight how important it is. You know, we live in a state of forgiveness because you trust in Jesus, you are forgiven. Now, you need to know that. You are forgiven. Even if you messed up this morning, you have a little on your passport, it's stamped, this person is forgiven. And, uh, you know, if you do something wrong, you're still forgiven. So that's your status. So we don't have to go through every thought, think, oh, what have I done this week, and try go through the ledger and ask for forgiveness for every sin. It's not talking about that. But there's something powerful about living with a clear conscience where we come to God and just say, Lord, I'm sorry. And Because when we are forgiven or when we receive forgiveness, something happens. It's like the Spirit of God just infuses our soul and uh, frees us. Forgiveness is all about freedom. The word forgiveness actually means forgive a debt. Like, you owe me money, you don't owe me money anymore. It's, that's what it means. It's actually a transactional type of thought. Um, keep forgiveness at the forefront. And keep forgiveness of others at the forefront. Pray for those you're having trouble with. Ask God to bless them. And uh, forgiveness is, is more than just having a clean slate. It's, it's keeping the grace of God flowing in your life, dealing with offences, time to make adjustments. I like to think of things like God's for love and God's forgiveness as a baton. This is my baton. I'm going to bash someone on the head with it. No, I'm not. And uh, who did the relay race at school? Who, who did? Kerry, did you do that? Okay, you're up. Come on. Who remembers, uh, who remembers doing this? Did you? No, 
Did you do the one where you run and they go like that? Yeah, do that. Let's do that. Right, okay. <laughs> Who remember? Yeah, right. Imagine if I did this. Okay, okay, run. We do that with God's love, thank you, and forgiveness, where we receive it in full, but I'm not going to pass it all on. We're totally forgiven and somehow we think we can hold uh, someone else, not forgive someone else, even though we're totally forgiven. Forgiveness is the baton, we pass it on. Love's the same thing. Jesus said, love one another as I have loved you. You receive that baton, you pass it on. How do you love one another more? Well, perhaps receive more. But you can't just pass on half the baton or hang on to it. You've got to pass it on in full. And this is what forgiveness is all about. As you receive it, that's how you give it. That's how you receive it is your revelation of it and that's what you pass on. It's... So important. So when Jesus said, if you don't forgive, you've missed the whole mark. Forgiveness isn't just something you receive. It's a whole flow in your life. And guess what? When I give that baton to somebody else, I'm free from it. It no longer has got any control over me. If when you don't forgive someone... Someone said this. Unforgiveness is a poison you drink trying to hurt someone else. Isn't that true? Unforgiveness is a poison you drink trying to hurt someone else. You think, I'm not going to forgive them. I'm just going to hold it up inside. They don't care. You're the one who's being hurt. They don't even know. They're living their life. They're swimming down the beach in summer, having a great time, and you're bound up because you don't forgive. Now, that doesn't mean you, you trust people totally again. In fact, at the end of this, it says, um, what was 13 and 14? The little sub-clause. Uh, yeah. If you forgive other people, when they sit against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. Next verse. I didn't give you that one, did I? Sorry. But if you refuse, if you don't forgive, the word is refuse. Okay, it's not if you have trouble forgiving. I'm working through it. It's not that. It's not. I'm having a. I'm working through this. I'm still. But I, I want to forgive. It's not that. It's if you refuse to forgive. That that's the context. You know, if you're willing, God will help you with all the other stuff. Someone said uh, once, a picture of forgiveness is like a bell. We're digging the bell, ding, dong, ding, dong. And when you stop digging it, it still sounds for a while. So you're still feeling it, but after a while, it'll fade. So sometimes it takes a while for the feelings to catch up. And forgiveness isn't necessarily reconciliation, because forgiveness is up to you. Reconciliation is two people. And sometimes that can happen, that's good, but you can still forgive. Forgiveness is central to the kingdom of God. And if you look at it as cancelling a debt, where, yeah, you owe me, but you don't owe me anymore. And um, 
hopefully relationships can be restored and that sort of thing. But it's about letting go. The same, offering God, offering people the same thing God has offered you. Passing on the baton. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. What's God doing leading us into temptation? What's that talking about? Why do we have to ask him not to lead us into temptation? What? You know, uh, when you think, when, when was Jesus te- tempted or tested? In the wilderness? It was another time. How about in the Garden of Gethsemane? Both of those times were actually crucial times. They were tough times, but he needed to go there. And sometimes God takes us in times and situations that aren't always easy. But we, we need to do those things for our growth and for others. And I think it may be talking about those sorts of things as well. Help us, Lord. We need God's help. God doesn't tempt us by himself. It, Paul, uh, who was it? Forgot who wrote it in the New Testament. It's our own desires that lead us into places. But there's grace to protect us, to help us adjust. Lord, show me things early so I don't go down that track. <laughs> lead me, lead us not into temptation. You know, someone said, I think it was at our national conference. A daily deliverance is better than an annual exorcism. That's a good thought, isn't it? Lord, deliver me daily so I don't get all this stuff in my life where I'm like this crazy man. It's, it's, to me, it's like a life of repentance too where we hear God's voice and we adjust, we get things right. We do it each day. And then there's the declaration, which isn't here, but often when people say the Lord's Prayer, they say it. For yours is, what is it? The kingdom, the power, the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Well, that's a good way to wind things up because it actually focuses, starts with God, comes back to us, and then it talks about the, the goodness of God. It's like a sandwich. And we start to focus on the answer, not the problem. The promise, not the problem. And that's a good way to, to pray, actually, because then God goes bigger again and the problems come smaller in perspective-wise. So it is a great way to finish any prayer. You know, start with God, then talk about your stuff, then go back and focus on the answer again, who is God. And, um, you know, this is about two things it's about praying but it's about being with a person okay um john chapter 15 i didn't read this out i had this verse it says when you abide in me and my words abide in you you'll bear much fruit it's about being with a person so this prayer is don't think of it as a formula just to tick off think of it as if i'm sitting with god if i'm sitting down with jesus he's sitting with me what do we talk about? Use this as a guide. Where you might say the, a, a phrase and then think. Say another phrase and then think. And then talk. So it's a guide. Use it as a guide to your prayer. And because you know it as a poem, you won't forget it. But don't just leave it as a poem. He's all powerful. Yours is the kingdom. 
the power and the glory forever and ever, amen. Be, be supply-focused, not needs-focused. You know, whatever you focus on grows. Anyone focus on a problem so big that it's... And you think about it all night, and it's this massive problem, and then you get up next morning and you realise that was a waste of time because the new day happened and it didn't happen. But when we focus on God, he becomes bigger in our mind, our estimation. Really important. Can we have someone... Who's got any musos left? We got... I think we've lost them all. That's okay. Stephen, can you have them play some drums for us? No, don't do that. Let's pray. We, let's, we're going to pray this prayer. Our Father, thank you, Lord, that you are our Father. Lord, thank you that we can come to you any time, that we're your sons and your daughters, that we're accepted, we're not held at arm's length. You're the perfect Father who embraces us, who looks after us, who knows what we need even before we ask. Lord, thank you that you're closer than the air we breathe. You're with us right now. And Lord, we remember that you're holy as well, that you're special, you're set apart, you're all-powerful. Lord, that you are the creator of the world. Your, your name is to be hallowed, Lord God, not just to be ordinary, but to be special. Lord, let your kingdom come in our life, Lord, in our communities in our colleges our schools our workplaces lord those in our world lord who need the the power of your kingdom those who are bound up lord those who are downtrodden lord those who have lost their way we pray your kingdom come lord in their lives in jesus name lord we pray for our needs lord each each person need here for our daily bread lord Lord, we pray for those who are, are suffering lack, Lord. If we're doing okay, say financially, we pray for others, Lord, who might not be. Maybe you'll prompt us to be part of the answer for them in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name, that you are the supplier of every need, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you look after us daily. Lord, forgive us where we strayed off, Lord. Make those adjustments in our hearts, Lord. Lord, um, we want to be free. We don't want to be bound up by things we've done or thought or whatever it might be, Lord, things we've said. Lord, I pray the freedom in our own life. And Lord, we think about those who might, might, we might have done something against us, Lord, and we release them too in Jesus' name. We pass on the baton of forgiveness to them. Lord, lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one, Lord. Pray we'll hear your voice so we can walk the right steps, Lord. Lord, um, I pray you deliver us from evil, Lord. And if, you know, we just take a moment to look at our own hearts and just... Uh, repent of the things where we've just let go, Lord. 
those things we've let come into our life which aren't pleasing, we know aren't pleasing to you, Lord. We, we pray a prayer of repentance, Lord God. L- deliver us from this evil, Lord. Instead, give us your grace, Lord. Lord, to fill our life, to live a life that pleases you, Lord. For yours is the power and the kingdom and the glory forever and ever. Amen, Lord. We, we look again to your greatness. We thank you that you are the answer. Lord, where we, where our focus has been on just the issue so much that we don't realise how big God is or negated his power, Lord, we, we make that change. We look at your greatness. We rise up with eagle's wings so, um, and, and change our perspective so we can see the greatness of God in, instead of the greatness of an issue we might be facing. We thank you that you are able in Jesus' name. Why don't you sing that little chorus we sang? You are worthy, is it? You're worthy of it all. Should we do that? You're worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. For from you are all things, and to you are all things. You deserve the glory. Sing it again. You're worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. For from you are all things. To you are all things. You deserve the glory. Thank you. Amen. What we're going to do now, we're going to sort of wind the service up. But I felt just to make a space for anyone who just needs to put something right with God while we're going through that prayer. God's prompted in your heart. You know, I just want to respond to God somehow. And so... We might just play some music for a while and we'll hang around the front. If you want prayer for anything, uh, we'll be here to pray with you. So um, we're going to finish this part of the service. If you want to talk and chat, encourage you to go out in the foyer, have some coffee together. But let, leave, let's uh, leave this space a bit of a space where people can um, receive from God and connect with God. God bless you, church. <laughs>